One could argue, actually rather easily, that Mason Rudolph was let down by Mike Tomlin and the rest of the Steelers' evaluators. One could also argue that the NFL's system overall really let him down. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates that I hope you'll also check out. Mason was on our YouTube channel, DK Pittsburgh Sports, yesterday with Ramon Foster for an hour. Outstanding conversation between two former teammates, two great friends, two guys who sat next to each other for years in that locker room on the south side. I can't recommend it strongly enough, shy of ordering you to go and check it out. And I'm tempted to do that if I had any actual authority over your life. So much to call from it. Stuff we're going to be discussing, I'm sure, for a while to come. The first interview he's done, by the way, Mason, since the season ended. Among the many terrific questions that Ramon asked Mason had to do with whether or not the NFL, as a body, gives quarterbacks enough of a chance to make it. This was Mason's response. It's a business. Um, I think I think that's what's that's what's great about seeing people like Geno Smith, who, who I have looked up to, who you know came in, you know played well, but also had some adversity early in his career, and then stayed the course, stayed positive, and and um, obviously developed quite a bit, um, and 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 has turned into a, a heck of a starting quarterback. So. Uh, I think it's good when you see those kind of stories because because you kind of see that you know there's a lot of football. I think football justice is a real thing, and if you stay the course and you work hard, you got a good attitude. Um, you're going to get an opportunity at some point. It may be years down the road, but um, so that's what I've, I've tried to try to stay uh, stay positive in my own situation. Um, so probably yes and no. I mean, you know, it's it's uh, you know. Players are expected to perform, obviously, based on where you're drafted, but quick, you know, fast. And, and um, some people, some people are ready to step up yeah. that fast. You know, our, your, our friend Pouncey started as a as a rookie, was played at a high level, bro. Absolutely. Uh, and then there's people that, that hit their stride, hit their stride later in their career. Um, so you know, if they don't get chewed up and spit out, so. Um, yeah, I think I think every situation is different, but it's it's inspiring when you see the guys that, that stick it out and and uh, get the last laugh. The last laugh. I loved it. I loved it. I loved the Geno Smith reference. I loved the fact that one of the quarterbacks that Mason beat in his four games happened to be someone he respects as much as he does Seattle's stunning example in that regard. But here's the thing. Mason, as usual, is being a little too kind. And that's why I'm here. I don't really feel that urge all too often. First off, regarding Tomlin and his staff and all of the other evaluators, right up to Omar Khan, they all blew it. They all swung and missed. And they didn't just do that in 2023 
by burying Mason as a number three. They did it in 2022. They brought in Mitch Trubisky. They drafted Kenny Pickett. And they seemingly adopted an anybody-but-Mason approach. So everyone on South Water Street is going to have to pardon me if I make a certain face every time I hear that, oh, we believed in Mason the way you heard Tomlin say it several times, the way we've heard Khan say it several times, and don't forget about the individual who drafted him who swears by him and Kevin Colbert because KC was presiding over this thing for a while, too. And it didn't change until Tomlin's back was against the figurative wall and he had nowhere else to turn because he just couldn't cope with Mitch Trubisky and his interceptions. There's a great saying in baseball that the most important talent that you have to evaluate is your own. It should apply across sports. It's brilliant. And oh, by the way, it's accurate. You should be able to make mistakes regarding other people's talent. You can't know everything. You can't really know about LeGarrette Blunt's character until he gets under your roof. But your own talent? Come on. Now, to the second part of this question and answer, the NFL, I feel like, doesn't realize the scope of the problem that it has at the quarterback position. Read off some data that I looked up for you for this episode. Through week 15, 18 of the NFL's 32 teams had been forced to start a backup. By week 17, the next to last week of the season, and I'm choosing that one on purpose because the last week you see guys like Lamar Jackson get rested. The next to last week of the season, 13 backups started games. And like it or not, for every Gardner Minshew or Tommy DeVito or Jake Browning who'll fare somewhat well and get a W and become a nice fuzzy story for everybody, the general public, by and large, and this is evident in the ratings, doesn't want to see these matchups. We'll all line up for Patrick Mahomes versus Josh Allen, or even Baker Mayfield versus Jared Goff. But as soon as you see, hear, or read that a backup's in, you're out. And yet, the league does nothing about this. The league does nothing to extend the careers of quarterbacks who exactly fit Mason's mold, the way you just heard it come from his mouth. It shouldn't be some fairy tale that Geno Smith rebounded the way he did and actually became a much, much better player than anyone could have conceived with the Seahawks. It shouldn't have been that for Mason either. There should have been always, all along, and I can't believe I still have to make this case in 2024 A minor league, an affiliated minor league, meaning not one of these XFLs, USFLs, UFLs, whatever they want to call them, because they're not affiliated with the NFL. An NFL team isn't going to send a player to the UFL, I don't know, Utica Caterpillars and allow one of their players under their contracts to progress the way you used to see with the old 
World League or NFL Europe, as it had become known. And as a result, the Kurt Warner stories, you don't have the Jake DeLome, you don't have Brad Johnson, you don't have John Kitna. These guys all went overseas. They kept their careers going. They didn't consider going and getting their commercial real estate license the way Mason legitimately did. They kept playing football. Imagine. So why isn't there an NFL Europe anymore? Why isn't there any minor league? Well, the NFL Europe finances weren't great. Why? Well, you'll never guess. They were having a tough time selling football on the opposite side of the world. Especially football that wasn't, and everyone knew it, top tier. Imagine a minor league across the United States. Imagine the ratings. If you get ratings for, you know, these XFLs and so forth, and they do, they they get better ratings than a lot of other sports major leagues. You would make money hand over fist. You'd finally have the NFL's magical answer as to how to fill all of the other weekdays or even all of the other months, depending on how you work out the schedule with football programming. There's no one who could convince me that wouldn't be anything other than a multi-billion dollar success. In addition to preserving the players at the most important position at the top level. When we come back, J1Q. Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George. LGKG is a personal injury law firm in Western Pennsylvania that represents people hurt in car accidents or who need help with workers' comp or medical malpractice. When the attorneys at LGKG make you a promise, they keep it. They've been keeping promises in our region for over 80 years. LGKG's been AV rated, the highest rating a law firm can receive, and they've been designated super lawyers. That's actually a thing for over 15 years. It's a rare combination. LGKG has offices in Cranberry, Newcastle, Beaver Falls, Butler, and Elwood City. Learn more about them by visiting lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. LGKG. J1Q comes from Eric, who says, DK, this podcast has been a great way to process the season and now the offseason day-to-day. I appreciate that. Uh, Eric continues, we had drama on Mike Tomlin. Dallas had drama with Mike McCarthy. Tomlin, McCarthy, and John Harbaugh all have pretty similar win totals, and each has won one Super Bowl. Is it fair to say that they're equivalent, or do you draw distinctions between them? I spent most of the time that I've ever spent around McCarthy in covering that Super Bowl that he won, since it was against, you know, these guys, and came away impressed with him in a lot of different ways. But that was a long time ago. And I can't say that I have followed his career all that closely other than, obviously, what his outcomes are, what his results are. And as you say, he's put up pretty much the same figures when it comes to 
winning percentage, uh, playoff advancement, and of course, championships. I feel way more qualified and comfortable to do the Tomlin versus Harbaugh thing. And there's a part of me that always feels like you need to preface any Pittsburgh versus Baltimore discussion by pointing out that the Pittsburgh egg hatched first, meaning the Steelers were the Steelers until the Browns moved to Baltimore and the Ravens became what they wanted to become, which was a mirror image of the Steelers. That happened when Brian Billick was there. Uh, it began in earnest with Billick. Uh, I don't think he gets enough credit for what the Ravens have done. And yeah, of course, he had his own successes there. But neither Billick nor Ozzie Newsome, nor any of the people who really built the Ravens into being what they continue to be to this day would deny that they saw the Steelers and their stability and their methodologies and their culture and even the stuff that's off the field, the fan base stuff. They wanted to basically recreate all of that in Baltimore. And you know what? <laughs> to their credit, they did. But that always kind of sticks with me, meaning everything that the Ravens have done feels like it was just sampling from somebody else's mixtape, okay? Now, that said, when you look at Tomlin versus Harbaugh, the thing that leaps out at you, to me, isn't the one or the other always seems to win the division or... What's the number of wins and losses? What's the winning percentage? I always think about just how phenomenally close their games are under nearly any circumstance. I think about that day at Heinz Field, and yes, it was still Heinz Field at the time, when the Ravens came to Pittsburgh after that super long COVID delay and had half their lineup out. Remember this? They, they brought 36 players, like total they were pulling people off the street, and the game was still airtight. And, and that stuff's been the three-point thing and everything is what really jumps out. I see these two coaches, to attempt to answer your question, as stunningly similar in terms of what they get out of their teams. If there's been a difference between the two, it's been, in my eyes, that the Steelers head coach has done a way, way, way worse job of employing coordinators with enough smarts and potential to move on. How long now have we been talking about the Ravens having either the best or one of the best defensive coordinators in football? But I've also seen some bizarre things that Baltimore's done on the field that point directly to Harbaugh, and I've heard stuff about the way the Ravens and Harbaugh in particular conduct themselves in practice that contributes to their constant long, long, long list of injuries that they pile up year after year after year. That reflects directly on the head coach. So we could do this all day. You know, I, I prefer to look at what the team that's in front of me, the team that I'm covering, does against its own goals, against its own objectives. And for 
Too long now, the Steelers haven't met those. They haven't won a single playoff game. And that's got to change regardless of what happens in Baltimore or Dallas or wherever else here. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We'll be back with another one of these on Monday. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.